0: I'm Maureen Whitehouse.
1: And I'm Christian Camarino.
0: And this is Miracle Renegade.
1: So how are you doing today?
2: Great.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, same here. All right. Uh, today I wanted to talk about a couple of topics here and there. I've been seeing a lot of trends and, and patterns in my life. And as I walk, when I'm walking the street. I kinda like to observe people and then when I come home and I relax, it it kinda all jumbles up into this certain point and it comes out with a word. So recently I've been seeing a lot of my life cater to expectations. Mm. And I would like to know where that stems from.
0: Great question. So just what essentially are expectations? Yeah. Just by nature of that word or that feeling of expectation. It's sort of based on the past because we want something different from what we're currently experiencing based on experiences that we've already had. But the most important thing to know about expectations is that there's a fine line between intending for things to happen or creating things that are happening in your life and expectation. So feel that now about the things you're talking about, the things that you might Have had expectations around. All right. Does it feel like it's coming from a mode of being present and available with yourself, feeling what it is that you most want to experience, and then letting yourself see it almost as completely done in your life? Because then everything in between that vision and what you're experiencing fills in by itself if you had an idea for something that you would like to experience in life, you make a clear, clean runway with peace as your focus. So does it feel peaceful? Does it feel authentic for Mm -hmm. me? Does it feel real as something that is coming from an inborn place, not from other people's ideas or expectations that Mm -hmm. other people have? Most of us don't really spend enough quality time with ourselves to know what's inborn versus what has come into our minds because of all the outer input in life. Mm. That's why the good or bad opinions of other people are so detrimental to our own great expectations and quotes, you know, the ones that are really meaningful and impactful to us. Even good ones. Even good ones, because who's saying good or bad? Who's Mm. judging whether it's good or bad, or assessing whether it's good or bad. Only you know what's really good or really bad by how you feel. So when we have the expectations of other people on us, often that'll steer us off our own path because we're not listening to ourselves deeply. So let's just step back for a minute and go to that word expectation. When You're looking at that from the inside out. Who's expecting what from who? Feel it now just within you about something that you have as an expectation. The true self of us abides in states of knowing. So it only expects the very best for you all the time. Only knows that you really should be expecting the very best for you all the time because that's the reality of things for you. But if you're judging yourself, then expectations are coming from a place of someday this will be better or that will make it better. Mm. It's never going to happen that you feel more satisfied while you're thinking of something in a dissatisfied place. You can't um, yeah. get there from here. You can only get to a place of deep satisfaction by resonating with a place of deep satisfaction first. Hmm. An inner knowing that we connect with first about what feels really amazing and wonderful and fantastic for us. So I'd like to make it personal. So give me an example of an expectation you might have.
1: I expect to succeed in whatever I put my heart into.
0: Okay, great. Now that you said a couple of things there that are important, you said whatever I put my heart into. So... No matter what the trajectory is, if you're putting your heart into it along the line mm-hmm. of attaining, in quote" something, you're going to feel successful
1: mm.
0: because you've been coming from your heart every day.
1: Yeah. But so it, it's, it's really hard to... It's that transitionary part, you know? You said that you need a very clear path, but living in the world, there is no such thing as a clear path. Mm. Uh, issues come up or
0: situations
1: yeah and you start losing track
0: okay that's if the expectation came from the outside in that's Mm. how you discern so it's a little bit like fly fishing say you're in a space where you feel really connected you're having a good day things feel just light and happy and you're feeling tapped in Mm -hmm. to the true you And you're only moving and breathing and being tapped in. So it might be after a nice, calm state of meditation or you just spend great time with your best friend or you're out in nature and you're feeling as though you're at one with your own being. You're not feeling separate or diffused in any way Mm -hmm. like stress or problems or pain. They make us feel separated from that peaceful place within us. So here you are in this nice, peaceful place, and all of a sudden you get this inspiration. Happens all the time to people. And you're like, wow, how come I didn't think of that before? I would love to. And then you get this idea or thought about something that you would like to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean when I say it's like fly fishing. We are already in a place of peace and ease. And so you expect more of that in the future. And this particular thought or experience feels like, yeah, that's totally in alignment with this experience of peace and ease. And so you throw it out in front of you knowing that it doesn't exist in your life right now, but so what, you're already happy. You're already in a peaceful place. And when you throw it out there in front of you, you just let it go. And relax because somebody who's fly fishing Mm -hmm. isn't going to keep on pulling it up and putting it down, putting it up and pulling it down Mm -hmm. if they know they're getting a bite. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to keep it there in the place where you can start feeling the tug a little bit and then you leave it and watch how all of the things in between fill in. It's why I use the analogy of a lightning bolt often in the work that I do, because it's not like you can think your way there. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It's more like when a lightning bolt hits, it's bringing heaven to earth and it lights up everything in an instant. You see the entirety of the vision in an instant. You see the landscape. You see everything in detail. Very well lit, beautiful, bright. Mm -hmm. And then it could be dark again but you know where you're going if you saw everything light up in an instant. If you knew there was a road in front of you and oh, I saw a town that way, you know where you're going because you already saw it. Mm. And that's really literally the way our true self operates on this planet.
1: So just to try to organize this for myself, for my sake, you're saying that like if I have an intention and I throw it out with peace.
0: And you said before that it's it's a heartfelt yeah, intention. It, it's honest. And that means you have to know what's honest yeah, to you first. Yes. So you can see how <laughs> why a lot of people aren't doing it this way.
1: But a lot of things get done. People still accomplish their dreams even if they don't know what honesty is.
0: Well, then they arrive at the dream they thought they wanted. And it's why you see so much say, dysfunction happening in Hollywood, people get great success, big mansions, and they don't feel true to themselves or feel fulfilled, why would that be? Why would that possibly be?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It's
0: because they didn't connect first to who they are to steer them and where they're going.
1: Yeah. And then it gets real complicated.
0: Very complicated because the more you have around you, that's a symbol of great success feels like nothing. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Feel that. Yeah. What does that feel like? You've had all the success in the world, and yet you still feel empty. So that's why this is so valuable to talk about things like this now before people think that success is going to make them really feel fulfilled or lots of money is going to make them feel really fulfilled. I'm not saying any of those things aren't wonderful to experience, but they will feel like nothing, literally will feel like nothing if they were born from that voice of separation. The Mm. voice of separation is always trying to prove you're somebody to other people. It's always caring about the good or bad opinions of other people. It's always prompting you to do more, have more, be more, in order to form an identity that's somehow self-satisfying, instead of just stopping, relaxing, getting into that place that feels really true to your heart, and then asking, this is a gold star moment mm-hmm. here <laughs> yeah. to your true self, to this deep centered self that you can feel you're tapped into at the time. So, you know, it's real. Cause it feels really real. You're not doing anything yet. You feel peaceful and mm-hmm. you feel fulfilled, even though you're not performing in any way, you're just spending some time with yourself, mm-hmm. quality time with yourself. You say at that moment to yourself, Wow, okay, so I have this inborn vision that just came from this place inside of me that really feels amazing. And if I feel like I want to throw that out in my experience and somehow someday attain that, then that means that I have to know what to do next in order to get there. Mm. But I want to stay connected the whole time I'm on my way there. So this is what you say. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. And to whom? And I will to do it. Feel your willpower. It's not your head. It's your gut. Mm -hmm. I will do it. That means if I get a gut knowing, I'm going to follow the gut knowing. No matter if everybody on earth wants to go a different way, I'm going with my gut. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to say and to whom. And I will to do it and nothing more. And nothing more. That's the really operative word there, because all stress comes from the something more. Yeah. All of the challenges, all of the hard road comes from the something more, because the something more is the ego. Yeah. Trying to tell us, oh, wait a minute, that was too easy. Or, what? No, everybody's going this way. This is where the trend is. This is what's happening. Yeah. I highly recommend This is what you do first thing in the morning. Because first thing in the morning, you've just had a good night's sleep. If you've had a good night's sleep, most people, they're at least tapping into something that's letting them expand beyond their typical day-to-day mode of operandum in life. So you get a little bit of connection with something more that's this nebulous world that's not in form and your eyes are closed. And then you come back into day-to-day life And before you start to engage with the outer world, there's this sweet spot. That's when you're still kind of groggy and you're still feeling open to things because your mind just maybe is a little too tired to think yet. And at that moment, that's when you insert this to your true self because that's when you're not going to be as resistant. Your ego is not going to say, wait a minute, you know, no, I have plans for today.
3: Mm
0: It might, but at least it's not going to be as formidable. And so when you're in that space, before you even do anything, before you even stretch, even before you open your eyes, if you just say, this bed feels really good and my pillow, I love my pillow, start feeling the things that feel good around you already and start to notice the outer world with appreciation in a very subtle, small way. But keeping your eyes closed, feel that connectivity, take a big, deep breath To let yourself know that you're connected with this inner being a lot more tangibly. And then even before you open your eyes and engage with the world fully, say this. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say and to whom. And I will to do it and nothing more. And that's going to take away so much stress because think about it. When you are only asking your inner being for guidance And then you're committing to that in the beginning of the day. Now, you might get off track at times during the day, but at least you'll know why you're not feeling comfortable or happy because you got off track. Okay. And then when you're connected, you're going to feel like it's fine. Whatever's going on, I'm being guided. And you'll wait that heartbeat, that few minutes more where things reveal themselves that you have not made happen. I will tell you this, everybody seems to be somehow looking for more peace or less stress or even ultimately liberation, Mm. some people. And this is really the only liberation there is, that you can live life without micromanaging everything yourself.
1: That sounds like a dream.
0: It's the dream of an awakened person. It's what they're living Relax, because think about this. If your true inner being tells you to do something, it feels peaceful. That's the way you know it's your true inner being. It simultaneously gives you something to do, like turn left, turn right. It can be very practical. It can be brush your teeth now. Mm -hmm. It can be drink some more water. You don't realize you're dehydrated. It can be very practical and simple, and it's typically step by step. It's in the moment. You Mm -hmm. can do it now. It's not going to be this massive thing that's telling you to do Ten Steps in the Future, it's telling you do something right in front of your face right now. Open the refrigerator and then you'll see the thing that has gone bad that you wouldn't have noticed that day that you're putting the trash out. It's little simple things that make your life so easy. But think about what makes people feel stressed. It's little things.
1: Yeah. They just keep piling up and piling up. You lose your
0: keys and it's because you're thinking in 10 different directions and your keys are actually sitting right in front of you and you can't even see them Mm -hmm. because your mind is not right in front of you. It's a pretty interesting and easy thing when you start to watch it out of curiosity, too, how effective it is. Like, you don't have to take my word for this, anybody who's listening right now, because just try it for one day. Yeah, And start to watch how much less stressful it feels to be able to be in the moment, listening to your true self, which connects you, which is the main point you're doing this, is to have that voice of connectivity lead the way, rather than the voice of separation. Like, let's go do this. Let's get that. Let's be that. Only it never really arrives to your satisfaction, to your utmost satisfaction. So this is very satisfying because right away, you're feeling like, huh, you know what? I don't know why it feels so good just to really respect and love my own voice my own inner feeling my own inner being people don't realize that all day long they discount their own feelings and then want to feel good yeah the feelings are a barometer about if you're connected or not if you're connected you feel good you feel peaceful hundred percent If you feel really good and calm, and kindness is just a knee-jerk reaction, and patience is just natural to you, it means you're connected to your real self. Those are virtues of your true self. So when people get all enamored with people who are more awake or aware because they seem to be more embraced when they're in a the presence of someone like this they seem to be more genuinely and unconditionally loved in the presence of someone like this it's because those are the qualities of everyone at our core mm. but they just let go of everything else yeah and they're just being what we all truly are and that's why it's inspiring that's why it's magnetic because everyone knows that's what i'm missing you know when you see it you're missing it but you're not missing it Because it's in that person, you're missing it because you know it's in yourself. So, you know, even though we're speaking here, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: sometimes I'm a little reluctant to speak this much about something that's so unnameable unless you're embodying it. And the only reason I feel like I have any right to be speaking about this is because I embody it. But it's not because I'm this great, awesome, you know, unusual person. It's because I experienced how much more freeing it feels to be giving all the authority to my inner being, mm. all the authority. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say and to whom. And I will to do it and nothing more. That keeps my ego completely out of the picture because I know if it looks like there's a whole lot going on, that's a lot of commotion or this is hard work, but that's my ego mm-hmm. that just did the something more. Yeah, And then not to beat up on yourself because that's ego territory, too. That'll get you stuck off the path mm. of your own, you know, being yourself naturally and easily and effortlessly. Mm. A large part of what people are contending with on a path to being a miracle renegade or being someone who's more awake and aware in the world. It's that ego love to follow us to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and beat us up and say, you're not doing this right. That's why the expectations are so important, this question that you're asking, because many people don't know. They have these high expectations of themselves, but it's based on what they've seen outside. Yeah. So they're looking at somebody who's awake and kind and patient and, and present and thinking, oh, I want to be like that, but I'm not kind and I'm not patient and I'm not present. That's the I'm not. That's the ego. If it says (laughs) I'm not, that's the ego. Instead, say I am patient, I am kind, and I am present, but I'm not acting like that consistently. Hmm, why is that? Oh, I get it. Because I'm not tapping in. I'm letting myself be pulled in 10 different directions by my ego. And then I'm expecting myself to be kind and patient when I'm not being kind or patient with myself. Yeah. How can I do that with other people? It's really, truly impossible. It's the hardest way to get there. So that's why when people look from a superficial vantage point at somebody who appears to be, you know, more awake, a monk, or somebody that has the reputation of being an aware person, if there's this great reverence or desire to be like them... That's wonderful in one regard because you can be as long as that person's giving the message. Yeah, of course, this is you. I'm just being who you are. That's why you like me. That's why you love me. That's why you want to emulate me. But it's not me. There's a saying in the Buddhist tradition, if you meet the Buddha, slay him or her. Mm -hmm. And it means that, yeah, if you like that so much and you meet the Buddha, that's you. Why would you need a Buddha outside of yourself for that?
1: That that makes a lot of sense to me. Just thinking about like if somebody is exhibiting certain qualities, it's not because they're showing that to me. They're just being themselves. Mm -hmm. It's more that I'm paying attention to those things because I know that those are inside of me. And
0: it really means that you're ripe fruit ready to fall off the tree. It means you're ready. Someone can be really there, really aware And one of the things they'll recognize, you know, I experienced this along my path, is that our true being is innately happy,
3: Mm.
0: is innately appreciative. So in the beginning, when I first woke up and was like this consistently in my life, I would go to normal places that I used to go, like the post office. Mm. And I remember one of the guys at the post office looked at me one day and he went, oh, it's you again. Why are you so happy all the time? And I just looked at him and it was funny to me because I'm in a state of appreciation or else that would maybe feel offensive. And I said, why not? You know, really, what's the opposite going to do for me? And when I walked away, I was still smiling because I thought, Well, that came from my true self because that wasn't being judgmental of him. And that was saying something that was wise enough that he might have caught on and had an opportunity to recognize his true self in that. But the interesting thing is, is you can't attach to results. And that's why this whole topic of expectations is so important. Because when you're going to the top of the mountain, anybody who's truly masterful, has gotten people attacking them Hmm. because when someone's in a really bad day or in a really bad mood, they hate it when somebody comes into their experience really happy like that. And so you're going to get enough people who want you not to be there because that's not typical. That's Hmm. not normal. That's not the way that people act on earth. It's crazy. And so (laughs) the funny thing is, is they only have to appreciate you to be there. Hmm. Like notice it. If you see a little kid who's thrilled and happy just because, you know, they picked one of those dandelions and the ones that are blowing in the wind and they're happy they're making wishes everywhere with them. It can be contagious if you're appreciating them, but you could even say, wait a minute, that's my law, and I just put weed killer on that, and those things are going everywhere. And yeah. then then you're not one with them. You're not in that place at all. It's the judgment that separates us from our true self. On the inside first, mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning and think of that to-do list, that if you, if you get that done, you're going to be somewhere that you know, the expectation is I'll feel better because of that. And from the outside, you'll meet a lot of people in the world who have all kinds of opinions that don't necessarily feel resonant with peace. And if you're listening to that or watching that, then you're going to be pulled off center all the time. This is a good way to say it, I'd have to say. People talk about being off-center or connected. Really, literally, what they're talking about is being themselves mm. at that moment. If you're on-center, then think about that. Where do you go from the center? You're being very self-referring at that moment. There's no space for expectations. It's that in some traditions, there's a, an image. It's a circle around a dot. There is this completion in the circle, no beginning and end, but it's the dot in the middle that has nowhere to go. The circle, you can go around and around and you'll still be in a space of wholeness or oneness or allness because that's the moving around the planet on a day-to-day basis in life at best. You're coming full circle with thoughts and feelings because they originate inside Mm -hmm. and they end inside. It's you evaluating you, not the whole world and their expectations on you. It's you feeling, did this stay peaceful from beginning, middle to end? And then that dot in the center is where it's a still point. It's that thing you connect to when you're saying, tell me where to go, tell me what to do, tell me what to say and to whom, and I will to do it and nothing more. Because it's not going to send you out randomly knowing that wherever you go, there you are on the circle, mm. and the still point is the most important point. So it wants you in constant stillness even while you move out in the world. Oh, wow, it wants you connected all the time!
1: All right, yeah, that's great. I <laughs> need a second, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot deeper than I thought it was gonna be. You, you went in really deep with, uh, <laughs> with uh, what is the clear path. But in my twenties, I had expectations for my life, and there's no real book on this. Like no one's telling me that I need to be tapped into myself. No one ever teaches you these things. It's
0: so interesting. So where do you think your expectations came from? So go back in time in your mind to when you were in your twenties, and think about those expectations you had. Mm-hmm. And also feel how evasive they felt, you know, how much you had to accomplish before you could get there. Yeah. And can you now feel, it's going to be different for everybody, but uniquely for you. Can you feel where those expectations originated from? Was it teachers? Was it parents? Was it society?
1: It was definitely from a place of sadness. My expectations mostly stem from a finality of things, that if I end this chapter, I can live my life. And uh, by going through these emotions, uh, I, I took all the examples that I could get from my limited experience, I was young. So it was from parents, it was from teachers, it was from media, it was from celebrity, it was from books.
0: So you mean you thought you had to feel the negative emotions to get past them? Hmm. And the expectation was that if you felt or trudged through or tried hard enough that you'd get to the other side? Yeah,
1: If I worked hard enough, I'll get to the other side.
0: Yeah hardest path in the world if anybody can hear anything i say that's the most important thing it's again you're not going to get there from here if you're in a space where you're thinking that working hard to get over pain is going to be the answer the answer in all of this is always the one who relaxes the most wins Because it's the mind that can give you a thousand ways to achieve or attain whatever it is that you think is going to be the answer. And normally it'll stop you midway in one of the thousand ways and say, no, that wasn't good enough. Try this. Mm. Try that. And so you're going to be stuck in that thousand way path. Yeah. Confused all the time and feeling discouraged and feeling like a failure all the time. Because the origination of the path wasn't connected. Mm. So how are you going to get where you want to go by being where you're not and saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Essentially, that's like a mantra. I'm not who I want to be. I'm not where I want to go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And that's sending a signal out to the outer world of disconnect, basically of disconnect. What that feels like is that there's no floor beneath your feet yeah. that's firm or that you can rely on it also feels like at any turn you could be attacked attacked by life most often you know oh that's not going to work for me but look at him over there it's working for him well he might be completely tapped into his true self and feeling like this is a fun day for me even though he's you know lifting boulders yeah if you're tapped in you're going to find yourself where you want to be naturally so here's the thing Mm -hmm. We've been trained to notice what everybody else thinks is good because all of a sudden we're floundering. We forgot what made us happy. Mm. We forgot what innately felt connected when we were young. And you'll see it with anybody, with any child, if you leave a child alone and only nurture them, just appreciate them. After I woke up, I had two different roles as a mother when I was asleep and when I was awake. The role that I played as a mother who was asleep was, well, you know, and maybe if they have a big enough bow in their hair or yeah. maybe if they have the cute little tap dancing shoes that they can perform for other people or maybe if they get good grades or maybe if they're smart and they everything was about other people's opinions. I had been a model.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought that the outer appearance was the most important thing for success, because literally that was what I lived. And so when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, it was crazy. My realization was like, you got to be kidding me. That was so not loving. How did I not know that that was actually an assault on my children, smiling big for things that they did when they performed well? That was telling them that people's expectations matter. Yeah. And The only thing I realized from that point on was there's one and only thing you have to do as a parent. Appreciate your kids. Whatever they're doing, appreciate them. And believe me, if they're throwing toys around and things and you pick the one thing about them that you can appreciate in that moment, they'll pick up their toys.
3: Mm.
0: Because they're feeling appreciated. Not because you told them, well, if you have a nice, clean place, then other people will like you. Mm. It's a completely different orientation, and yet it's so subtle. So all I ever did from that moment on was appreciate my children, and I have to say it was the most revelatory thing that f- from that point on, even going through teenage years with kids, it was crazy easy because their friends realized that I was the person that would appreciate them too, yeah. that I didn't have an agenda to try to fix them or change them. And it was a free space for people to explore their own, essentially their own creativity Mm. because we are creative beings. Another one of those assets that's hugely important of our true self is creativity. Mm. We're at one with the great creator. We're not severed from that, feeling that we're like the ray of the sun, the massive creator of all. And we have that creative potential in us. It's just been dormant until we tap in fully, if you've been separated or been taught to be separate from that. Mm. And then you wind up being someone who can create your way out of any challenge. And it's so much more fun because challenges then are seen as opportunity. Like, how would I make this hell into heaven? If, it, if really, literally, people showed up saying that—, that Every one of us, I'm going to emphasize this, Mm -hmm. every single one of us has this capacity to make heaven out of hell. Mm -hmm. If we knew that and all we had to do was re-engage and tap into our creative potential that's massive in its capacity, then we wouldn't care about these little pitiful things that we obsess over in life,
2: Mm.
0: like what other people are doing or the expectations of other people. And I knew that then when I woke up, that it was important for me to give my own children authority over their own lives Mm -hmm. and to be able to feel what they felt was connecting or not. Then they could choose to self-regulate. And that's why so many people in life are not feeling as though they're empowered in life because they're so busy trying to fix other people to feel happy. Yeah. And forgot all about their capacity to self-regulate. Like, look, you can be in any situation and find beauty in it if you're feeling connected because that's what the creative self sees. Mm. You're going to look for how is this diversity or this contrast or this person's uniqueness something that I can work with in a creative way that makes it feel like win-win. They're feeling appreciated. And I'm really appreciating my connection. I'm really appreciating how much there is of me that shows up now that wouldn't have had an opportunity to show up if it wasn't for this very situation.
1: Mm. So starting from you, you're at, that's the peak
0: Okay. Yeah. I keep that. going to the peak. Sorry about that. I love people to watch from the top of the mountain down sometimes. Yeah. It is really exciting. It's, yeah. it's exciting and it's fun for me. But you're right. Let's take this back to... to Let's go to the
1: base level. Base
0: level. So... We came in with this capacity, every one of us. We all have this soul we came in with that's the immense part of us that knows everything, that has no restraints with time and space. It's past, present, future. It's all of it. Mm -hmm. And I could go into 10 episodes to try to explain that now, but I'm not going to. So just take my word for that.
1: I was in a float tank. And I was thinking back, when's the last time I felt this way? You know. Mm. So you're floating, you're in darkness, you're essentially in space. So there's nothing like it except when you were a baby, when you were born, essentially. But you still didn't know what you were. You were just nothingness.
0: And I would say this, you know, you were in a mother's womb at that time. So huh. the mother has emotions okay, and you're yeah. feeling, but, but. You haven't yet been conditioned into the world. So you're more tapped into this self that only can appreciate, mm. that only can love, that only can be viewing everything as just perfect. That's also the way our true self views everything. Mm. So no matter what the ego is viewing the situation like, the true self is being contented. So notice how sometimes when children come into a situation where their are parents who are having an awfully hard time, mm. they just seem like old souls. Yeah. They already have a capacity to be compassionate or to be wiser <laughs> than their parents or to be more like, why don't they see this? if they start to get conditioned into the world of fear and judgment. But most often, they default to just loving behavior. Mm. And it's even more so when a child is in the womb. Mm. They're wanting this being to be happy because they know that's why they're coming to earth. We all know at that core level that we came here for a win-win situation, that we came because we're valuable. We came here to be someone who could see What's going on in the world, all the contrasts, and then creatively choose from all the contrasts, how fun, it's like a bigger palette to play with, no matter what is going on, and then without expectations that keep us looking at the outside world, we keep that self-referring connection. What's peaceful here? Okay, tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say here. Mm and you might find yourself so interestingly saying something that you would never normally say if you were conditioned into the world that you know your older brothers taught you or else you're going to get beat up by them
3: yeah.
0: or a neighbor told you that you had to be because that was the way that they always saw a little kid behaving you start to be in the right place at the right time that's what i would like to get across here too so i'm moving ahead a little bit quickly so i'm going to go back a little bit mm-hmm. So now you're born Mm -hmm. into that world where, say, your mother's a little bit high strung or fearful. And she wants just for you to have a happy life, that you feel well-protected. And she thinks, like I did in my asleep state, that micromanaging your life and telling you what to do so other people will approve of you is going to make you feel safer and more secure in life. Mm. But something in you really doesn't feel good with that And you came in a strong spirit, a strong soul. And all of a sudden, you start not resonating with what your worried mother says is safe for you. And maybe if you're brave enough, you'll do it right in front of her
2: Mm.
0: without caring about her approval. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you'll start being more bold and saying things or doing things that break you out of that box and simultaneously might break her out of the box.
1: That feels like a very scary thing to do. It
0: feels like a very scary thing because, again, it's conditioned into us over and over and over and over again. And our parents are the authorities. Mm. So I was working with high schoolers in my town after two girls got murdered in my town. And I wound up in the school system working with the kids who were their friends and friends with the kids who killed them. Mm. And it was really interesting because people would label these kids as troubled kids. And I saw them as highly Creative, but didn't know it. And so they were thinking they were stupid or dumb because they weren't playing by the normal rules. And they wound up in this classroom where, in essence, I was teaching them how to tap back into their great creator. Mm. They had a whole lot of resentment for having been seen as outcasts and things like that. So it was getting to a place where they started to realize my God, no one ever taught me this, just like you were saying. Like they were really eating it up. You know, they were engaged. And I would say a lot of the same things we're talking about now, that they have an inner wisdom that is innately kind, peaceful, wise. And if they're in situations, say what what people would consider troubled homes, and they all were, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that because of being exposed to this information, they were now more wise and capable than even their adult authority figures in their life Hmm. so what does that mean it doesn't mean that you go fighting your way out of this in life it means that because you have this information now you can tap in and i taught them ways to connect with themselves via journaling listening to the voice of their soul every day journaling just random words on a page until they got to the core of themselves. Or sitting quietly. I showed them how to meditate and not this big, huge production. Just get quiet. Feel the difference between when you're like performing for the outer world in these confusing, crazy ways that a high schooler could just because they're caring so much about peers and things. At the same time, everyone's feeling lost. Mm -hmm. And they started to be more self-referring. They started writing poetry. I, I locked away their pages that they would write in their journal and told them, I'll never look at this. No one's going to look at this. If you just want to curse three pages, that's okay. Let it out on the pages between you and you. Mm -hmm. But you're going to come to a place where you start tapping this part of you that just wanted to get your attention all this time, but it's loving and peaceful and kind. So it's not going to badger you or use those voices you sometimes use with yourself telling you you're a jerk or you're not enough or you're not worthy. It never speaks like that. It always speaks of all your capacity and everything that you might not have tapped yet. So you might not have experienced it, but it's you. So once they started tapping it and having some experience of it, They'd go home, and often they were met with really dysfunctional situations. And I remember one kid came to school, came after school, by the way. These kids were not coming to class. They were dropping out of school, and yet they would come after school to talk. And he was saying how he was really understanding all this. By the way, he wasn't even in the school. His girlfriend brought him so that he could hear it because he was having such a hard time. And he was on his way. I had done a lot of work in prisons before this, and so he was on his way to prison, Mm. essentially. And it wasn't because he was a bad person. It's because he was looking for this outer approval and had all these expectations that he felt he was dropped or why would he ever be in this situation. So his father was an alcoholic, and he was a kid who naturally loved making things. So I said, that's your creative self. He liked construction. He liked fixing cars. He just naturally was good at it. I said, there, that's your creativity. You can create. Well, okay. So he started to actually do over the bathroom in his house. Oh, wow. And one day his father came home drunk and he said, I heard him stumbling up the stairs. And when he came in, I was laying tile on the floor And he started yelling and cursing, what the hell are you doing? And he grabbed some of the tools and started hitting him with it. And he said, you know what? It didn't even bother me. It was the first time where I could see him with compassionate eyes because I was doing something that I loved. And I realized I was his teacher. Wow. That... I was doing something I loved and, you know, he always yelled and cursed at me that he hated his job. He never did anything he loved. So I was showing him how to do something you love just because you love it. There was story after story after story like that. That was the way I helped these kids be seeing their true self and be liberated in that moment. They had didn't have to go to some big ashram or go off to meditate for 10 years. In our own lives lies all the answers to our liberation. So all they needed to hear, the most valuable nugget I taught them was, when you have this wisdom, you become the teacher. Mm. And the way you best teach is by embodying it. Sometimes people can't hear you with words, but you can embody it for other people. And when you are feeling that connection, it naturally feels fulfilling and joyful and happy and creative and alive and even if they're hugely disconnected like who's going to hit their kid you know with a tool yeah unless they're feeling completely disconnected even if they're completely disconnected you can then see why they feel so bad to be able to do like something like that to their own loved one Mm -hmm. and it puts it in a perspective that's much wider It makes your life much more important, much more valuable. So no matter if his father continued to have that behavior, he would make right choices staying tapped into himself without the expectations of someone else, but with an expectation that you innately are loved just because that's who you are. And you start to tap into that voice for your affirmation and for your awareness then you start to know that you can expect the outer circumstances to change. Mm -hmm. You threw that out in front of you that, I don't know, my father's still drinking. My father's still violent at times, but I'm knowing that if I go with my inner voice, I won't be in this path when he's doing it. I'll be somewhere else having fun with my friends that aren't violent and that are making wiser choices because now I resonate with a different group of people. I'm not on the trajectory to prison where there's going to be more people like my father having more trouble. I can have compassion for him. I'm no longer sucked in by judgment into his world. Mm. I'm no longer powerless, not because of my father, but because I disconnected myself.
3: Mm.
0: If we're not tapped into who we really are, believe me, we're powerless. And then your assessment of yourself as being powerless is absolutely accurate because you disconnected, not because of the situation outside. So, again, just clarifying this whole little shift. It's a small shift, but a major shift in perception. And that's how miracles happen, by the way, is by our shifting perception. So look at the miracle then. He went home. You know what he did? He finished the bathroom. And then, you know, his father came home not drunk one day. And was appreciative. I mean, even a teeny little spot of a ray of sun meant everything. That was a major victory for him because he already knew he wasn't going to leave home. He wasn't going to leave his own home within him. That he didn't have to necessarily leave home just because he had a violent father. Because he was tapped into his true home first and foremost. That's when somebody can say, you know, I can't believe I've been doing this to you. I can see who you are. When someone turns on the light in themselves, it's essentially like turning on a light in the room. Anybody else who is touched by you in that moment is in the light.
3: Mm.
0: No matter if they're completely dead drunk, they can feel it because we tapped into ourselves naturally get other people to see something that they normally don't recognize in themselves.
1: That's a very important lesson to learn.
0: (laughs) That gives us the resilience to not need other people's good or bad opinions or the expectations of other people's, you know, um, adoring us or loving us for our own genuine, authentic actions. That
1: sounds like complete freedom
0: to me. That's the point here. You know, miracles are part of the path of complete freedom. They pave the way. Things will happen in that boy's father's world that will compel him to make changes even without his son doing anything but staying tapped in sincerely when we tap into this other people's worlds around us change and they can be in great resistance you know it's like the guy in the post office why are you always smiling oh my god it's you you're smiling Mm -hmm. what is that Mm -hmm. why do people resist happiness here It's because we think we were dropped and we were left out. The moment we get to that place where we start consistently tapping into something that's deeper without the good or bad opinions of other people on it or anyone else's great expectations on us, we get our own great expectation that when we tap in, this wellspring of everything we ever wanted to live in life is going to be there. And it becomes very evident to us then. But this is co-creation, folks. This is co-creation. Our divinity of us just is awesome. But it's not going to push and nudge its way forward in our life. It wants to co-create with us. Mm. So we have to be accepting of this part of ourselves before it becomes evident.
1: So are you saying this is like a partnership?
0: It's the partnership that most people on earth don't know exists that's so completely full of equanimity and respect and love, utmost love, that it says constantly, you know, you're me, by the way. But if you don't believe it, I'll wait.
2: Hmm.
0: It's not forcing anything. But at the same time, its very joy exists in co-creating with us. Mm. It wants to be complete equals because it knows that it's awesome and how happy you would be on a day-to-day basis if all you did was just relax and connect with it. And once you do, then you get to be the eyes and the hands and the feet and the ears on earth. Because it's a nebulous zone, you know? It doesn't appear to be apparent or real until you embody it. Yeah. So you're just like the body who brings it around.
1: Or creates the bathroom.
0: Right. Creates love out of hate or love out of hell or compassion out of fear.
1: Mm.
0: And creates the the lovely life that you're meant to live. And I will tell you this, the thing that's most inspiring to most people is when someone's had a real hell of a story, especially in their beginnings. I always tell the kids who come to me, you know, some who wanted to commit suicide for years, that the brightest souls sometimes have the most challenging contrasts in the beginning of their life because they get to choose heaven out of hell. Mm. What does that make you for the rest of your life? What does that make you for the rest of your life? Look how awesome you are. You put yourself in hell when you came here because you were like that baby in the, in the mother's womb who just knew, ah, what's going on out there? Mm. She forgets who she is because, you know, I get it. I'm still tapped in completely. So all of us can just take a big, deep sigh of relief right now that no one, no one— has been left out, Mm. that all of us have this capacity to just relax and then we'll win. But the expectation that something in the outer world is going to give it to us and have that be sustainable, it might work for a few minutes, a few days, a few hours. But if it's not completely connected to the true self of us, is going to say, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. That might keep you really satisfied or thinking you're successful for a long time, even though it's completely the opposite of what you really love and really know feels like your best, best, best life. But I'm still here. Not going anywhere. Can't. I'll be here eternally. So play it out. Have at it. The only thing going on is you're going to learn what you do and don't like from all the contrasts that appear in your life. And then If you listen to me from time to time, you'll at least know that you have a wisdom to discern what's in your best interest. I'm only the voice of your best interest. I want win-win. I want us arriving fully on Earth. Mm -hmm. Team effort. Team effortlessness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Team effortlessness, (laughs) more accurately. So funny question. Why do we resist that so much? If you were looking at your life, maybe not knowing you resisted it up until now, what would you say the answer to that question was, why had you resisted your own supremely awesome self since you were a young kid?
1: I didn't have a chance to see it. Mm. No one's ever pointed it out to me, you know, coming from the suburbs, it was kind of like a dying suburb. There were a lot of kids in a classroom. My mom had three kids, an autistic kid. There was not like a lot of attention. And the people who I have surrounded myself with kind of come from the same situation. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to see this, this thing, this inner wisdom, this inner beauty only came out recently me and it's only because i gave myself space and time to see it and acknowledge it and
0: i would also say probably more importantly you gave yourself the space and time to in quotes fail yeah according to the ego it would have been fail. yes but according to your soul it was cool you're here to experience bro you're here (laughs) to experience so look at that did you like that no okay choose differently yeah did you like this good. That's what you like. So let's go towards that. And it was just busy not judging Mm -hmm. and not assessing your every move as good or bad. It was just watching you enjoy experience, which is what the world affords, Yeah. which is what the spirit of us values. In the real world of spirit, it's like, that's okay. You're not going to take anything with you anyway. Except for all the love and the joy and the beauty and the bliss that you experienced, that goes along with you. But other than that, the stuff, have fun with it, play with it. As long as it's a vehicle for transcendence, as long as it's a vehicle for more love, more joy, more fun, cool. Mm. We love that there's something you can touch and taste and feel. And experience fun with. But if it's going to bring problems or pain because that fun is finite or that fun is unreachable or unattainable, then don't go there. Mm. Just keep coming back to your true self and we'll guide you exactly where to find the pile of everything you ever wanted. The pile of it. So much of it that you want to give it away. And that's the funny thing that most people aren't realizing is the opportunity for all of us. Relax the grip. Just take your hands and shake them right now. Notice that you might have clenched fists and not even know it.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: That you might have a tight jaw and not even know it because you're like, what do I say next? What do I do next? What do I grab next? What do I hold on to next? Tight belly because that's where your power is and you're holding it in and constricting it. Think about how tired your eyes get because you're busy assessing and judging things away all the time and and judging away a lot of the graces that are there putting right in front of you, but you judge it away. So of course we're hard on ourselves because we feel this innate knowing that we're responsible for our pain. Yeah. I want to address that for a minute because it's so important. Our egos are responsible for our pain. The part of us that's not real is responsible for our pain because it keeps telling us we're separate from the peace of who we are and the wisdom of who we are and the joy and the grace, all the good things of who we are, the creative, the great creative that we are. And so because it wants center stage all the time and because it wants to drive the the machine, your your body, Mm -hmm. everywhere – It doesn't have the connection or discernment. But we don't have to hate the ego just because it's always messing up things. Mm. We just have to look at it with compassion and say, hmm, just like that little puppy that doesn't know any better. It's ripping up the papers that it's supposed to pee on. It's peeing in the wrong places. It's chewing up the shoes. It's doing all kinds of things that it thinks is fun, that it thinks is the way you're supposed to do this until you realize that you can say, okay, let's just show this ego that I'm in charge here now. The real me is in charge. And you can have fun with me. You can go to these same places, but you're not going to be making chaos everywhere you go. You're going to actually be bringing more than you thought you ever were. And you're going to be in a space where you're a real asset in any Experience So at best with that puppy, you're teaching it that it's a really great companion, mm. that it's really fun to be around and you can have all kinds of fun, even maybe even take it off a leash if it learns how to respond yeah. to the love and joy that you can offer well, it. That sounds like a dream. You know, yeah. that it can actually run free and run right back. You see that sometimes in parks and things with a dog who loves to play, runs out with the ball, but brings it back, mm-hmm. knows that the source of what is going to make it have a happy time knows where to throw the ball for the most fun too. Mm. So it can be joyful. That's the point I really want to get across for everybody is that a miraculous life is truly nothing but fun. That's the other quality that people don't know that the soul has. That's like up front and center. Once you start listening to this voice of your own best interest, it steers you towards fun. Mm. As long as you're saying, I'm in. I'm ready for fun. As long as it doesn't promote fear, the one thing that the soul will never do is promote fear. So think of this, while you're a child and you're just conditioned into the experience that adult authorities know more, and it seems really viable since you're a smaller body and they're a bigger body, and they have more stuff than you have, so... We're conditioned to believe that going along with what they do will bring us safety and security and love and approval. And if we meet their expectations, then we're going to be okay in the world. And then one day it shifts. Now, if at that age, every teenager learned that they're an authority and had to go with their wisdom, truly, sincerely go with their wisdom, oh my gosh, would the world shift.
3: Mm.
0: Because they wouldn't be then... Doing all kinds of dysfunctional stuff for fun just because the rest of the world's dysfunctional now. So we got to like squeeze ourselves into that box. So why don't we just be as dysfunctional as possible right now? Because it makes us fit in. Mm -hmm. And then we'll squeeze into an even more dysfunctional box and feel at home there, maybe. But if they really understood that they still had that degree of fun and innocence innately still in them. You know, every teenager still wants to have fun like Mm -hmm. they did when they were a little kid, but they can't remember how they did that. How did they not feel that they had to perform all the time? How did they innately go towards fun just because that's what they were innately connected with? Mm. And if we teach teenagers that they might have a better handle on what's joyful than what adults do right now, then maybe they'd claim some of that authority like kids are doing when they're, you know, marching for causes that are really important or making their voices be heard for things like diversity that they really, really core deep resonate with when maybe their elders are still in places of disconnect and prejudice and missing the boat on that one. Yeah, we're
1: going through pride right now and I've been to the parades the last couple of years. This one was the biggest. And it felt like a true accepting movement. And
0: young people being yeah. involved because it's truly about gay, joy gay. Yeah. On the way that they used to say it in the 1800s. Where people really recognize that being yourself is just plain fun. Mm. If you're around people who are not judging that away. And the people who don't judge it away, what more fulfilling lives they have without all these expectations from other people on them, that they can just live and let live. Mm. And in that liberation of live and let live, they get to live a more exponentially amazing life that's full of all kinds of things that were unforeseen before. That's how we expand the awareness on the planet, by letting ourselves know that we can expand in joy and love rather than all this drudgery and hard work, the laws and things that weigh us down that make us think or believe that these authorities have more awareness of what's in our best interest than our own innate capacity to tap into that ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the biggest misnomer I had while growing up that I thought people knew what was going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) or that everyone was happy. I thought yeah. everyone was happy before I woke up. And then all the people were coming to me to find out, how do you be happy? And I was like, what? How?" Do-? I thought that, because again, I was in the world of being a commercial actor and a model. I was doing the bite and smile for commercials. I thought that people were all happy, but me. So at least if I you know, bit the whatever it was and smiled for the commercial that I was sometimes looking like I was smiling genuinely, (laughs) but it was all an act.
1: Yeah. It's like fake it till you make (laughs) it kind of deal. And that doesn't work. No, it
0: doesn't work because you're looking outside of yourself in the faking rather than just sitting and doing freaking nothing Mm. where you're just being with yourself until you finally tap into that place that appreciates you for doing nothing. Because you are innately amazing and awesome, but you were the only one missing out on that when you never arrived. Yeah. So I want to go back for a moment just to clarify this again for people who are feeling like they're just jumping into something that they might feel is really important to them, but they're not really getting a handle on it entirely yet.
3: Mm.
0: So back when you were younger and you felt that the expectations of other people were Influencing your choices and decisions in life, and even your own expectations were influencing your life, but in a wannabe way. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that felt for people who are listening, so maybe they can identify this within themselves or not. Mm. How did that feel when your life was full of expectations, when you were in that space being led by all kinds of expectations, your own and other people?
1: Yeah, it felt heavy. It felt like I was always in mud.
0: Can you say why?
1: It felt like, a, it's hard to explain, but it was I was very confused. Mm-hmm. I saw success in front of me, and these people would impose their own successes on me. But deep down inside, I knew I was a little bit different, but I didn't have the courage to speak up. Mm. And uh, with that, I just kind of burrowed in and followed the pack, but it always felt very heavy. Like no matter how much I worked out, no matter how much I ran, no matter what I ate, all the tapes I listened to, or like the inspiration, it always felt like it was outside of me. Like I was carrying around a bunch of suitcases for other people.
0: Really cool way of putting it, carrying around a lot of suitcases for other people. Because someone asked me when I woke up, what does it feel like? And I said, I can see how people call this enlightenment because it feels like a light went on in the attic, like in my mind. My mind feels illuminated so that I don't have to think of this and that anymore. It was like one big opening and awakening to everything's just fine. The less you think about it, the more it's going to work out great. Just keep yourself open to everything
2: Mm.
0: and attached to nothing. And so that mind felt like it was light and full of light. And I felt like I took a big backpack of rocks off my back so that it was lighter. The journey got lighter. Mm. And I could see how that concept of enlightenment seems like another thing to attain another thing to achieve or to go for yeah and that's why it seems so evasive for so many people no one really comprehends the degree of impact we have on our own lives because of how we're perceiving things the whole story begins and ends within us about anything going on outside. So those expectations outside keep us from this self-referring capacity to be innately tapped into wisdom and a sense of safety and security that's so formidable that we know we're going to be guided to what's in our best interest as long as we keep this open mind that's just only focused on peace as a priority,
3: mm.
0: only focused on love and joy as a priority, and watch how that arrives. It doesn't mean that we're like, you know, it, it could sound like you're a little bit brain dead or something, that you're not making <laughs> yeah. choices and in things. Instead, what it is is you're having tendencies that lean, a gentle leaning, not this need or obsession or driven nature. Mm. You have more of a gentle leaning towards the things you truly deeply resonate with. It comes to you Mm. sincerely. Our true self is very magnetic. This miraculous nature we have is very magnetic. So when your mind is opened, that circle, but you have a focus from the center on what feels most resonant with you, that dot in the center... There's nowhere to go. It's a circle, it's complete. Mm. So you're living within the circle of completion, focused deliberately on the dot of what you want that feels connected already. Then it feels like you already have where you're going. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon it collapses time and space and anything that you truly deeply resonate with on that level appears in your life without you struggling or striving or working really hard. Like a lot of people who are well-meaning would tell you is the path to accomplishment or how you can expect success.
1: Very beautifully put. Uh, (laughs) And one final question. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: How can you come to terms with what you actually want? Like the expectation of Being successful looks the same for a lot of people. And seeing those things, like especially if you're in a situation where you need those outside things how can you come to terms with what you need against what the outside world is telling you? Okay,
0: so first of all, you have to know that what the outside world tells you is always going to be, always, underline always, Mm. going to be an ever-evasive carrot on a stick. Mm. And that's not because this is a big, bad God running the show or anything like that. It's because we're evolving. This never ends. Mm. So every time someone attains success... Notice there's going to be a greater success. Yeah. You're never going to make an ultimate success because we will then evolve to the next level of whatever it is. So if your mind thinks that you're going to attain the ultimate success, it's leading you down a path that will ultimately feel unsuccessful. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're always feeling successful by doing what it is that feels most innately connected, that you love, that brings you joy, that makes you feel innately peaceful just in the day-to-day accomplishment of it, that makes you feel as though not only are you worthy, but you're living what it is that makes you most joyful and excited. Then you show up to success after success after success, really truly without attaching to the results or expectations, And it just feels that that that's the way life is. Mm. It's not a thinking thing that can get you there. It's truly a state of being. It's knowing that as long as you stay connected to who you truly are, then you're going to arrive at a place that feels really good and amazing, even if it isn't what you expected. And most often, it's not going to be, by the way. Mm. The divine loves to surprise and delight us, so there'll always be a side door, a back door. There'll be ways that bring it to you so much faster and so much more interestingly than you would ever imagine. So this is an important point in that. What you focus on, you get more of. Mm. If you're constantly in a state of expectation and it's the carrot on the stick, then you're going to be constantly dissatisfied because you're focusing on getting something someday that feels like you're not connected to it now Mm. and then that means you're not connected yeah so if you're in this space where you first and foremost connect in the morning tell me where to go tell me what to do tell me what to say and to whom i will to do it all your willpower put all your willpower in this not your head it's your gut I will to do this and nothing more, nothing more, so that the ego doesn't have any way to edge its way in,
3: mm-hmm.
0: then you're going to feel tapped in. And it might be, again, that you decide to slow roast the coffee that morning. And that just so happens to make the accident that was happening two blocks away that was backing up traffic be gone by the time you get out the door. And if you start to pay attention, you'll really, truly get into that state where Life just feels so benevolent. And it's only because you're tapped into and tuning into and focusing on where peace originates from and you're bringing it to the world. Mm. So I'm not saying that you in this state of being wouldn't necessarily have traffic. But you'll notice by not judging it and showing up knowing that you're connected that it might be because turn to your left and you're gonna see your neighbor that grew up next to you in in that than you were thinking about yesterday. Mm who's in the car and you haven't seen him in 20 years. Yeah, The divine keeps giving you signposts by the way that you're always connected. It loves to play with you. In the yoga tradition, they would say all the chakras are open. That's the wheels of energy within the physical body. That's for another episode. (laughs) But they would say from top to bottom, all your chakras are open. And what I say is that it's a feeling of it being a real wise ass it's funny the divine is really funny it'll give you the big picture in one second just yesterday I was looking at things for a logo the logo of the work that I do I often use a lightning bolt because um it's bringing heaven to earth, so that's a really good symbol for that, and also what we spoke about in the beginning of this podcast, that when a lightning bolt happens, it's not a sense of you learned something, it's a knowing. You know it, you don't have to learn it, it's not incremental, it's just there's that whole picture lit up. And so I was thinking about lightning bolts, and I happened to be on a little bit of a rabbit hole looking at lightning bolt things. Then I went for a walk in the park while I was talking to a client, and all these people had lightning bolt shirts on in front of me and the <laughs> next thing I knew there was a kid who had a lightning bolt on his little wheeler thing and, and there were lightning bolts everywhere. And for me, that's just the way the divine speaks, that wise ass you way <laughs> that when you're connected, they're letting you know it's not about the lightning bolts. It's about giving you the assurance that yep you're tapped in now Mm -hmm. just stay on this vein this is where you want to stay and when you're staying on that vein then you'll see how things come to you much 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 more effortlessly